Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Something tall and strong, make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve. Oh, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't care. care. It's, it's five o'clock somewhere. I was drinking at ten, bitch. <laughs> you can drink at ten because it's five o'clock somewhere. Exactly. You yes. can't call it day drinking if you don't start in the morning. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> This is our second episode about burnout, by the way, in case you were wondering. That whole song is about feeling burnout at, at work, so yeah. I thought it was appropriate. I like that. That's And Michaela's drinking at 1030. That's Fair. whatever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We've got plans. <laughs> We've got plans. So as a reminder, everybody, welcome back to our podcast. This is Shit Your Shrink Thinks, a podcast where two shrinks tell you things they think about (laughs) mental health. (laughs) And so we're going to give you some facts, some fun info today about burnout. Yes. As a further reminder, we also have a Patreon. If you're liking what we're doing, we have a tip jar that's at www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink thinks. We have a Gmail at shit your shrink thinks at gmail.com and a Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, yeah, all the social media, all the social. Just medias. search us, and you'll find us. Yeah, yeah. Build it, and they will come. <laughs> Is this heaven? Wait, no, are you coming Iowa. yet, though? Oh, wait, that's <laughs> <laughs> nobody's coming. <laughs> no one's coming. It's just us talking in the into nether. the ether. Yeah, in the ether. That's funny though, because we've been getting a lot of Instagram comments on all your sweet, sweet meme posts lately. So I'll have to show you. Remind me to show you that after okay, the show sweet. today. Uh, so. As y'all know, we do a what's good segment here. We talk about things that are good for us or little known facts about us. So, Michaela, what is good with you this week? I just wanted to share a little little tidbit that I came across that I was like, yeah. So, (laughs) people talk about caterpillars becoming butterflies as if they just go into a cocoon and slap on wings and are like good to go. Nah. Caterpillars have to dissolve into a disgusting pile of goo. To become butterflies, like that's actually a really good point. That like I they have to, yeah. So if you're a mess wrapped in blankets right now, <laughs> just keep going. You're just in your cocoon phase, man. You're just, just dissolving. You're just dissolving into your goo. Yeah, you'll get there. I love that. I love that so much. You got to fully dissolve before you can recreate your image. Yeah. Mm. Yep, yep. Very cool. Did you do that? Um, science experiment in middle school or whatever with the monarch butterflies where you put raise little caterpillars and they turn into butterflies no we didn't but one time my family <laughs> i don't know if you could Uh-oh. say saved a butterfly but we like we shut up monarch's uh wing in our door and oh. then we took it home and like gave it a little thing and fed it until it was like able to fly away really yeah oh, like we, we nurtured it into back to its little health oh that's so cute yeah although later learning you know they only live like a year 
Well, hey, you gave but, him a couple days. Yeah. That's, a, a few months, I would say, actually. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. That's, that's pretty <laughs> sweet. He was like a grizzled veteran, just like, <laughs> of the butterfly world. He right. Knew, he saw some shit. Yes, definitely. And he, but we gave him, you know, good food. Aw. You know, didn't what have do to butterflies eat? Sugar water. Oh. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, fruit? <laughs> I don't know. I remember seeing the little butterflies at our experiment with their little proboscis. Yeah, a little out. sticky little, thing, little, little tongue weird thing. Yeah, and yeah. I remember it was licking something sweet, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I was really kind of scared of bugs, though. So, like, I would never let it sit on me. Like, everybody else could hold it, but I wasn't didn't want to hold it. Like, I liked looking at it. Like, yeah. I'd feed it and look at it from afar, but don't yeah. touch me. Yeah, it's beautiful, but no thank you. I don't want your little crawlies on me. It freaks me out. <laughs> Okay. Now I probably could tolerate it, but at the time I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what is your what's good, Sunny? So mine is also animal related. I have a friend who is a vet. I have a couple of friends who are vets, actually veterinarians. And one of them was telling me how he, he was like, I think there is a study about how dogs can smell your sweat and determine what emotion you're feeling and then reflect that emotion. Ooh. So this is like why they mirror us or one one, one aspect of, of why sure. they mirror us. And yeah, I found the study. He was right. There was a study that they did on dogs to see if they were in, intuiting our emotions correctly or if they really were mirroring us. And yes, the ones that smell happy human sweat act happy. The ones that uh, smell scared human sweat act scared and aggressive and kind of like more protective Protective, or guarding. Right, yeah. And so the way that you are around the animal actually really is impacting the animal's behavior. So I thought that was really neat. That is really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So I had this theory because, you know, you see these really anxious, aggressive dogs and the owners are so damn anxious and you're like... I just feel like if you were to calm down a little, yes, exactly, that things would be a little mm-hmm. easier for you. But I don't know for sure, right? And yeah, turns out sweat-based science, right? Well, and further evidence, you know, it's not the dog; it's the owner. Yeah, like ninety-five percent. Yeah. Like when dogs are be- are quote unquote bad dogs. Yeah, there's a lot of there's behavioral <laughs> modifications <laughs> yeah. you could be making. Yes. Yeah. 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 I thought that was really interesting and. My dog is perfect, so oh, oh, look what, at you. What does that say about me? Oh, yeah. What does that say? <laughs> she is perfect, though, guys. She is like the sweetest little angel. I was like, wow, I must be calm as shit. I know. I do. I do that too. I'm always like, our pets are so great. Must just be us. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was thinking that the other day, and then anytime she does anything like real bad, I'm like, I don't know what that's from. Right. That wasn't from me. You didn't yeah. get that from me. Yeah. So I thought that was what's good this week for I me. I like that. Cool. How did your outside of session practice go? I was supposed to put in uh, vacation time and take some time off because mm-hmm. I'm historically terrible about taking time for myself. And I did do that. So I, yeah. I put in some time. Um, uh, I t- did it around a weekend that's going to be kind of busy and probably like in a good way, but probably also a little exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so I'm proud of myself for taking the time to do that i also did look up the burnout recovery stat thing oh yes i remember that okay. yeah so the studies that i found were fairly inconclusive because again it's unique to every person okay and i think everybody's definition of burnout is slightly different mm-hmm. you know some of these studies to me they were talking more about vicarious trauma than they were burnout sure so, but the people who do therapy uh, for people who are burnt out, they do say that it can take about three to five years Whoa. of work. 
Now, so this is not you sitting around. This is actually like doing cognitive behavioral therapy type stuff. So again, I think they're talking more vicarious trauma than they are burnout. Yeah, sure. I could see that. Uh, but but that was kind of what those providers had said. And a lot of the studies would say like, you know, like within a year, like there was some improvement, but it was very person to person for sure. And you that know. That is crazy. Because that's a lot of work that you're yeah doing. I mean, yeah. yeah. That is, wow. Wow. I'm actually going to hit you with an additional one. Uh, my partner reminded me of this. I was so going to throw one at you too. He he was asking what episode we were doing today. And mm-hmm. I told him burnout and he said, uh, oh, uh, fun fact, you know, a third to 45% of medical residents are already burnt out by their first year in practice. I believe that. Yeah. I 100% yeah. believe yeah. that. So it's 28 to 45% are already burnt out as residents yeah before they're actually like legit doing it because you're i mean so often people get thrown to the wolves Mm -hmm. yep no training no schedule no curve no right yep nobody helping you and holding your hand and taking half the brunt really yeah honestly yep anyway so i'm just adding on i'm just adding on so it's basically a national crisis and also it it takes a really long time to recover from right as you're saying right and an active recovery right this is this is you doing like work on yourself and working on those belief systems and those thought patterns and taking time and learning your self-care and boundaries and shit yeah god can you imagine if you're just sitting there (laughs) with how long it would take yeah yeah it would take a while uh my homework i don't honestly remember what it was but i know what i did and i think i think it was what i what you intended what i intended was what i said i would do but i'm not sure uh I continue to work on my side side hustle to that, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. Make sure yep, yep, that yep. I am eventually creating more time for myself. My yeah. ultimate goal is to work like twenty or twenty four five hours a week, something like that, and yeah. have money. That sounds like a sweet spot. Yeah. If that's yep. Yeah. I'm into that. I feel very into that. Yeah. So we'll see. Because again, how our doable. system is it's broken. Forty hours is not reasonable. And again, most people's forty hour jobs take fifty to sixty. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not something that you can actually do. It's not something you can actually do. So, and have time for your friends, family, yourself. It's just... Yeah, it's not realistic. Yeah. The whole system is not realistic. Yeah. So I I continue to hustle on that avenue and it feels like time passes faster when I do something that I want to do that I know is going to eventually prevent me from being in a job that I'm burnt out in. So it feels not like work to me because I know it's my exit strategy. Yep. So, yeah, it was good. I got, like, business credit cards and business accounts Ooh. set up this week. So, yeah, what's up? That's fun. Yeah. Also, they got my name wrong on the on the credit card. Oh, so. no. <laughs> so you had to, like, resubmit, like, hey. I'm going to just go with it. We're going to see what happens. Are you really? Yeah. I'm going to, well, at least for the first couple payments because I do have to pay some stuff off. But, yeah, for the first couple, I'm just going to go with it. I'll resubmit it later. Okay. Fair enough. Fair I'm enough. F. <laughs> I can be whoever they want me to be. <laughs> uh, I can relate to that. My name is frequently misspelled, too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when I had my maiden name, too. Like, that I was always effed up in every way. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, we're talking about part two of burnout. So last week, we had talked a lot about what is burnout? What is vicarious trauma as opposed to burnout? What sorts of thoughts and behaviors make somebody have vicarious trauma versus burnout? Yeah, those risk factors. Yep. We talked a lot about risk factors for you, for the people that you work with, and for the job itself that contribute to burnout, and then personal risk factors in your own life. And this week, we're going to just start with 
what can we do to predict organizational indicators of burnout? So if you're like applying for a job right, and you want to know, okay, where is it? Right. Do I really want to work for this place? Yeah. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. You can look at these indicators and know more. So this means we can tell what qualities of an organization will fry their employees like an egg <laughs> or indicators that employees are already burnt toast. And yes, I was eating breakfast food when I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Very accurate descriptions, though. (laughs) Yes. So hit me with the first one. What is the first indicator of an organization that has high burnout? So high job turnover is indicator one. If they cannot keep people there, if people keep leaving, if people are there like a year or two and are out, Mm -hmm. that's a big, big sign. Yep. If if the average tenure is a year or less, right. then you've got a problem. Right. You can also ask how many people have been in this job before me. Like Ooh, that's a good question. So when you're there <laughs> for my current job, there had been three people in three years in the job before me. And so that was probably an indicator that this is a high burnout job. Mm, this is something yeah. that's gonna, you know, require a lot of time and effort. I knew that. I mean I had informed consent. It wasn't like I was tricked or anything, but you can ask right how how frequently people are leaving this particular position. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I know I've asked before, what's the, you know, the employee who's been here the longest, like within this kind of position or role? Mm, but that's a good question. The only issue with that is there might be one hardened, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they might have somebody who's yeah. actually been there a long time, but they're not an accurate predictor. Like it would be yes. better to ask about the frequency of turnover or some, like I don't, you know, yes. asking somehow about that, like how frequently do you lose people? And again, when you're looking at the jobs, when you're job searching, if this place seems to always have openings. openings yep. How many openings do you have all the time? Yeah. yeah then that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Low employee morale is another thing. So if you get to talk to other employees or coworkers that you might be able to be interacting with, mm-hmm. I would ask them what they feel about the job, how their morale is, how their spirits are about the job, because that will tell you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think... So. It's kind of funny how frequently you go into a place and the amount of negativity thrown at you and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. You want to definitely try to talk to other people that. Yeah. Who aren't trying to sell you on the position. Yep. Exactly. Hey, can I talk to another employee and kind of see how they feel about it, et cetera, et cetera. That's within your rights to ask. Absenteeism is another big predictor. So how often people call into work or are just not showing up because they're taking mental health days or whatever. Yeah. That tends to be a predictor of burnout. So if you... Yeah, because people... I mean, you burn out. They're calling in. They need that time. So, you know, and when we are mentally exhausted and tapped out, it we're more prone to those physical illnesses too. So it might be legitimate sick time that people yes. need, yes. but it's partially because they mentally have been fried and yep. they can't, you know, their system is just down. Right. And so if you're seeing things like if you're at an interview and you keep getting the interview rescheduled because people on the team, the interview team keep calling in. Ooh, mm, yeah. I've actually seen that happen before. That's happened to me before. And I've bowed out of that interview process. Cause I'm like, if you can't even get to interviewing me, right. How would I expect you to be reliable as a coworker or as a supervisor? Yeah. Clearly there's some burnout going on there. So that's something to consider. What right. else? Job dissatisfaction is obviously another indicator. So again, mm-hmm. if you're able to talk to people and ask them, what do you like? What do you not like? Mm-hmm. And when they have a giant list of things they hate, yep. <laughs> then you leave. That's then you easy. say, all righty then. <laughs> yep. And then that's similar to organizational contagion. It's everybody has a bad attitude about the same sort of stuff. Yeah. That's a burnout predictor. And finally, infl- infighting between staff. 
Right. So. Yeah. If staff are always at each other's throats or there's always like some kind of drama happening, that's a bad sign. You know, that's not a supportive environment to be in. That's that's toxic already. Just. Yeah. Then dip. Yeah. And again, I mean, sometimes within these organizations, it's not that the organization, like sometimes it's the highest organization, like the organization is just bad. But yep. sometimes it is just the staff. Like they yeah, just have toxic, terrible staff. Yep. Either way, you're going to be burnt out in those situations. God, what was it? I read some, wow, it was an industrial organizational psychology stat a long time ago about, I want to say it's like, if you even have one in five people as toxic, then that one person can spoil five or maybe it was one in four. Yeah. One person can spoil four people. So dang. Yeah. Just having a couple of toxic people really assess for that and that can... Yeah, I mean, reflect on it, guys. I guarantee you can think of a place that you've worked or where maybe even you're currently working and how there's just like a person or two that maybe ruin your day like almost all the time. They always piss you off. They always, you know, pass the buck or like pull some bullshit. And I mean, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in our satisfaction when when some people get away with being terrible co-workers Mm -hmm. and then you're left to catch all the shit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Big predictor. <laughs> so I'm going to go on a little tangent here or a little, I don't know, maybe a small rant. <laughs> <laughs> rant, rant, rant. <laughs> it's a small rant. It's a small rant. Mini do rant. It. <laughs> so the next topic we have here is what can we do to help ourselves to prevent burnout? Yeah. So I have here that I am sick to death of hearing yet another conversation about self-care is the main way and only way to prevent burnout. Mm. I do think that uh, self-care is very important. We do need to attend to these things and we will talk about what self-care strategies you could use. And personally, I do like to grasp onto tools that make me feel in control. I think a lot of folks can relate to that. Yeah. But I want to address the fact that a lot of burnout, vicarious trauma, and especially moral injury is really not your fault. No. And I think that recently companies and corporations put ownership of their crappy system and the results of their crappy 100%. system onto us. 100%. And then it's like your problem now. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You're We're a shitty system, but here you, you know, have a pizza party and, you know, do some breathing exercises. <gasps> Cooking be pizza party! <laughs> <laughs> we aren't going to change anything. We're going to keep being terrible, but... You you take care of you because that's that's what can change. No, change your system, bitch. Yeah, self care seminars make me want to lay on the ground. I and lay go under a desk like and just start screaming because yeah. I I really can't. It's just it's kind of tone deaf. Um, I think they expect to give us the job of three people with little support, and then they yep. seem surprised when we're burnt out. Right. So they require us to overfunction. And remember, this is what I tell clients. I tell people this all the time. Your emotions are not necessarily bad. They're an indication of what's going on in your world. They're your data points. So maybe you're not feeling sad, negative, or burnout out because it's your fault. Maybe your environment is shit and your right. emotions are a valid indicator of this problem. Yeah, your emotions are throwing fucking red flags on the <laughs> field like, dude, get <laughs> out. Get out. Yes. 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 And we know that not everybody can get out. So we've kind of come up with some ideas sure so we're going to talk about structural organizational indicators and environmental changes that can help so just things that you can do that are a little more dark side not all of these are going to be right for you um, but they're just a grouping of suggestions to choose from and some of them are kind of these are kind of like some can be Machiavellian they're a bit um, (laughs) shady but (laughs) 
stick with but, us. But again, if you're working for an organization that's being shady, if you're working for people that are that are throwing you under the bus and being crappy, sometimes you have to play that crap game back until you can find somewhere yeah. else that's going to treat you right. Yeah. Uh, I've seen like a a meme or something. It was kind of like a, a bottle of water. You can mm-hmm. buy that in all sorts of different locations. And everywhere you go, that bottle of water is priced something different. Mm-hmm. Go somewhere where you are, your price is actually valued. Yes. And yes. so if you're stuck in a sp- place where you're not being valued, sometimes you got to play that shitty game right back just to survive. Yeah. And that's actually our first point here is play the game. Essentially play the game. Leave or play the game. Uh, we also want you to kind of join a company with the following or to try to get the following. So the first one would be a flex work schedule. Yeah. So if you can have Fridays off or Mondays off or if you can have start later or end earlier, try right. to flex your work schedule. That's a big satisfier for employees. And if you remember, like Michaela saying, if you are really valuable at your company, you can throw your weight around a little bit, especially if there are a lot of open positions. Yeah. Throw your weight. Use some extortion. Yeah. Seriously. Say, this is what I need. You're going to give it to me or I'll find someone who will. Yes. And if they value you enough, they'll be willing to negotiate on some level. Yes, exactly. You can also find places with high levels of paid time off accrual, parental leave, um, or if you can't do anything else, you can negotiate for higher compensation. Right. Say, here's all the things that I do. I'm like the, I'm the shit catcher here. Yep. Look at these three jobs you have me fucking doing. Maybe right. you should pay me for it. Right, right. And don't be afraid to over ask. Yes. Always, always, always yes. over ask, actually. Yep. I, especially, I, there's some study, I think, and I can't quote any sh- shit on it because I don't have that kind of memory, <laughs> but, <laughs> where like women always under ask. Yep. They come in and they ask yes. for like bare minimum and then they get the bare minimum. Right. Whereas men always tend to come in and ask for the highest thing. Yes. Or, or they're at least more prone to. to and it. yeah, and they actually are able to get something more of value. Reasonable. Yeah. So go in there with the most unrealistic expect. Like, yeah. I know they're not going to give me this, but this is what I want. Yeah. And in the most it. ideal fancy world. Yeah. Just say it. Say it with a straight face. And yeah. again, use extortion. If you know these people are desperate for an employee, if you know that maybe you are as a part of a union or you've joined some like healthcare worker club or if you're in some kind of protective agency, make sure to use that to your advantage. Make sure, and if they don't give you this, the other, the flip side to it, to prevent burnout, if they're not meeting your demands, do the minimum. Yeah. Do the minimum. Say, okay, well, if you're not going to pay me for these three jobs and I ha- I can't do this, this, and this, and this. Right. Then that's this it. This is unrealistic. And yeah. And I'm, I'm not doing it. So yeah. So you need to find somebody else who will. Right. Exactly. Then if you're not getting paid for it, don't do it. We also want you to try to find a team that's supportive with good staff, um, experienced leadership. A job with perks, bonuses, things like baseball games, trips, that sort of thing can be helpful. Yeah. Um, Reward structures or incentives are another thing. Right, where they actually notice that you're doing good things. And they, again, it's not like here's a fucking pizza party. It's here's a big pay bump. Here's Here's, $2,000. Yeah. Here's a vacation (laughs) for your good work. Mm -hmm. Here's, I mean, there are places that do that, guys. Yes, there are. And you don't want to settle uh, before you're finding things like this. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of this is a lot like relationships. You know, we get into relationships that are not suitable for us. 
that are causing us problems that are causing us distress and then we think that's all that's out there right shop around man yes act like you're single be right. going on these interviews be checking out other stuff yeah i again i think people get comfortable with the devil they know absolutely <laughs> they're afraid of the the ones they haven't met yet so they're like well at least i know this one yes and but that's hey that's not a good game plan that's not a good game plan no. there's better i promise yes and you can also try to extort them for options for telework yeah. or, um, or just joining a, a organization that ha- has high levels of freedom in the front end. Like they let right. you know that in the front end. Right. These can all be real work satisfiers. You want a place also where your colleagues are educated, well-educated. They've got decent benefits. And really, we recommend not going over 30 or 40 hours a week max if you can avoid it. Right. Um, and not a high pressure or high demanding clientele. So these are the these are like the environmental factors we would say to look Encourage. for. Yeah, yeah. And to try for. I mean, again, there's sometimes there's restrictions. Sometimes we're stuck in a rock and a hard place. But eventually you need to step outside of that. Eventually, mm-hmm. you know, things will break down and you can move forward. Mm-hmm. And when you do look for these kinds of things and express that these things are necessary yeah Yeah. (laughs) don't that's the other thing speak this is kind of uh moving into our dark side jedi tricks but what i really recommend is when you're doing this is do not be afraid to bargain and be aggressive speak as if it's a non-negotiable you think i go in there being like yeah you know i'd really like to not work fridays no i go in there and say i'm not working fridays this is not happening. This is what the my criteria for this job is. And it's right. a deal breaker. Right. That's what it is. And people, <laughs> they, they get, there's a little Sometimes they'll push put. back. Yeah. yeah. They'll I, be like, a, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, well, you better know. That's, I mean, yeah, that's. Yeah, it's, it's, this, it's this way or the highway because I can yeah. go somewhere else that will give me that. Exactly. So try for that. Especially, again, especially now we're kind of recording, right? Uh, like a little yeah. near the tel- tail end of the pandemic there's people it's everyone is hiring everywhere guys yep. it's there you have them kind of by the balls yeah remember that people just give their power away they so do. easily yes remember you have we want you not to have entitlement we want you to be hardworking, etc but sure be a team player but you know your worth yeah but don't let them walk all over no you. and i think that's also why if you look at like the amount of contractors now mm-hmm. if you can work for like a contracting agency yeah you're gonna make so much more money have so much more freedom and flexibility i feel like mm-hmm. I, I like if you look at organizations what sucks is half the time their staff are they're treating their actual staff crappy right mm-hmm. they're not giving them but good the pay contractors are... but the contractors get all these beautiful benefits yeah. basically i mean granted yeah. you're not maybe having insurance like that's sure. a fallback but you can pay for insurance that's the other because thing. you're actually getting paid yeah. well yeah exactly yeah so exactly. i don't know you I mean Consider your options, guys. Really? Exactly. Consider your and options. throw your weight around. Well, and this actually goes into, these are my <laughs> my sunny antisocial points of how to make sure <laughs> to get through in a burning out workplace. So I like to say hoard power like a dragon and make yourself untouchable. Make yourself so powerful in so many different ways that they kind of can't fire you and you kind of can get everything out of them. So the first thing is actually a lot what Michaela was just talking about, which is I call it having a fuck-off fund. So when possible, it, this is going to take a long time to build up, but I really consider your budget and what you're doing financially because if you can store enough money yeah. to create what's called a fuck-off fund, you can tell any relationship or any employer that you need them to fuck off. Yep. 
immediately and you do not have to take things that then have you burnt out long way around yeah all the way around so i i legit did that once we yeah. I just i just i didn't have another job followed up i didn't get one for a little while because yeah. i actually needed to recover too yes uh i just i just said all right it's done i'm i can't yeah <laughs> yeah donezo and it's, it's not like we're extremely wealthy people like no we, it takes a long time to build this up yeah where you want to deploy this Strategically. strategically yeah yeah but strategy but yeah so have a fuck off fund uh what's another one say no yes and document everything yes you know document the bullshit and i yes. mean use it and try to share it to to see if you can get changes yes and then you know maybe try to join a union or get hr involved you know do what you need to do to throw your weight around yes before before you do the fuck off action if you need to Yes, exactly. Say no. Get HR involved if you need to. Absolutely. Right. The other thing I've got is fly under the radar. Be a bit mysterious. Yeah. Watch your surroundings. Yeah. Don't give out too much information. Don't tell people what you're doing at all times, all day long. Don't check in when you don't need to. Right. Don't volunteer too much. No. And that I think that's a thing that, especially social workers, I don't know about other professions, but we have a tendency, we're so many bleeding hearts that we just like volunteer and like fall on the stake a billion and two times. And yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. You know, if they find an easy route to manipulate, they're going to yes. use it and they're going to just keep stabbing you. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it is really unfortunate. If you're a compassionate person, which I think a lot of mental health professionals are but yeah if you're a passionate person you kind of tend towards wanting to volunteer be a team player etc which is a great thing but yeah. if you see that other people aren't volunteering and being team players don't Lock be that up. person <laughs> yeah, yeah you can't because then right. you're going to be doing everything there's something like uh an economic oh my gosh an economic model called the hawk and the dove Ooh. system have you okay. heard about this i feel like i have i feel like i have it's something like if you have all doves who are team players and you introduce a hawk the hawk does really well because you know they can kind of take advantage of everything but if you have all hawks a dove does really well i don't remember what it is exactly but the model is basically saying like if it's an all aggressor situation and you're acting like a dove you're gonna get your shit murdered like you're gonna get rocked oh yeah we have we need to have kind of like a balance in a system and so I would just say, yeah, be really mindful of your environment. And if you are a bleeding heart, be aware of that and be aware of the context your bleeding heart is in because right. you might need to lock it away for a little while. Right. Just to make sure that you're safe and protected. And because yep. if, if you're not safe and protected, you cannot help anyone. No, no. So, and like I've come to a place where, I mean, I, I will still go maybe a little too above and beyond for my patients, for yeah. my clients. Like yeah. I... I still have that, but when it comes to the system, mm-hmm. like most of the places I've worked, I I have become a hardened. Oh yeah, like <laughs> I'm full blown antisocial. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. Yeah, it's bad. But in when there. it comes to my people, like I will bend over backwards and yeah. try to help you do and get whatever you want. Yeah. But if there's some system thing that they're asking, yeah, no, you can fuck right off. Yeah, and kind of <laughs> even even within that, like even within the fly under the radar, don't give too much information not volunteering for stuff yeah within that is like i will get an email for example just like as an example if i get an email that says hey 
who's volunteering for this thing, I will essentially act as if I have not received Correct. that email. Wait forever. The longer you wait, yes. the more, like, don't respond right away. Uh-uh. Don't Mm-mm. wait on that. Because <laughs> yep. somebody's going to fall on that sword. Somebody's going to be more uncomfortable than you are. Yes. I always think that. Enjoy like, the silence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can sit in silence. <laughs> forever. Forever. If yep. you need me to. Like, I don't just get real comfortable with, oh, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make this feel comfortable. And at the end of the day, it's, you know management's job if it is in a highly burnt out corporation to select somebody so Correct. that's yeah you know that's their call and again these wouldn't be things you would use in a really healthy work environment sure this you wouldn't is what need we're, to yeah we're but, describing this for a burnt out environment correct unfortunately i think a lot of places are this right now yeah <laughs> i i'm in absolute agreement with you so what's another one? We kind of talked We've, about Yeah, I was going to say, we kind of noted, you know, advocate for raises, bonuses, incentives. Like mm-hmm. say that, talk about your worth. Yeah. Express your worth to the people who can do something about it and try to see what you can get. You know, worst case scenario, you're exactly where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have an I love me folder with all, with like a word document of all of my like above and beyond achievements and stuff nice and so i'll just send it to people when i feel like i need more money (laughs) (laughs) like if i want to go on a work trip or i feel like i'm not being paid enough or i need a bonus or i'm just getting generally testy because i'm burnt out i'll send it along and i'll be like all right so here's the reasons i'm awesome where's my money yeah (laughs) check all this out (laughs) who wants to touch me (laughs) right And then diversify your hustle. Like that's the other thing, you know, try to find other means of income. So then you don't have to feel quite as dependent on this place that's fucking you over. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen people do Etsy shops. I have a friend who does an Etsy shop. Her hobby just happens to also make her money, which is great. I don't know how she has done that. That's amazing. (laughs) I've seen a lot of people do that. Even like creating just like a Facebook page and like posting like, you know, making like kid tutus or diaper cakes or like random weird shit that people, you know, or cookies and cakes and stuff. I mean, I've seen people make get a lot of business. I've definitely seen people too on the other end use their hustle to save money. So a lot of people like to do like buy nothing groups. Or stuff like that, or refurbish furniture and then yeah. sell it. Stuff like all of these sorts of ideas are totally like get creative. You do not have to do just the one thing. If you diversify your hustle, it's going to be excellent for you to just right. get out of there if you right. need to. Ultimately, if you have a partner, then you can kind of discuss like household finances. Like maybe you can rework it so that one of you is like who's happier in your job does more of that while you find another job, right? Etc. I've also seen people who, you know, might have some social security benefit or some kind of like veteran benefit that they can diversify their their hustle that way. They've got money that sure. way. Yeah. We've got the fucking podcast. I've seen people start businesses. Yeah. Well, we so, haven't made any money on the podcast yet, but there's hopes. <laughs> Actually, we've made some. I mean, yeah, we have some. We do. Yeah. We do. We're, yeah. There's a little nugget, but we haven't really touched it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> We have, we are hoarding the power. <laughs> we want to make more money. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, these are all you can diversify your hustle. Switch careers is another thing. So sure. like, you know, I'm a psychologist. So let's say I'm seeing patients all the time. I'm a therapist full time. Maybe I want to try to be a professor. Yeah. Maybe I want to try to start my own business. Maybe I want to do a do assessments all the time. Yeah, Yeah, consult. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like legal consulting. Like you Mm -hmm. can get paid a lot as a mental health practitioner to be those professional right uh, 
oh god what are they call oh, what right are now they called? oh my god the, you go into the court system and you're like i'm a professional yeah. here's my degree uh, and expert this is witness ah, that's yeah that's the word yeah, expert yeah, witness yeah 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 <laughs> i sound like an expert <laughs> right <laughs> what's that nah. thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i promise i know things <laughs> <laughs> yeah expert witnesses are paid a lot and i'm even thinking if you don't have a white collar degree if you have a blue collar situation again know your skill set so like yeah i have a cousin who fixes cars on the side and yeah put it just put your mm-hmm. skill set out there people who know your work ethic who know the good stuff that you do they they'll be interested yeah actually i mean shit i've seen people make facebook posts for yes. example and just say like i'm looking for this and you'd be surprised the kind of people that come around so it's really about putting yourself out there so you can switch careers you can also get i highly recommend to people getting an additional education or certification the best way to do this is to make your freaking current job pay for it mm. and then to dump them <laughs> love them and leave them baby and i mean honestly be cutthroat about this because by the point that you are already this burnt out right. trust me they've they already it. done enough things to you yes don't you don't owe them an allegiance yes. unfortunately again i think there used to be i think when there was more mom and pop type organizations this was a different this was a different world you could be yeah. a team player and you had more loyalty to that organization but anymore their organizations have gotten so big and just fucking business cog in the wheel shit mm-hmm. no. not worth it nope it's not worth it Mm-mm. so for example i've seen this I know somebody who listens to the podcast very frequently who works somewhere and then they're helping this person get their real estate license. Ooh. So it's a property rental place and they're helping the person get their real estate license. Yeah. And so the person is like able to kind of diversify. That's yep. the hustle right there. Yeah. That's or I've it. seen people where they end up having like a, they have like a small cabin or maybe they like, they oh, rent out a home or, you know, like yeah. you can do renting, you could do Airbnb stuff. Like yes. if you have some property, I yes. mean, there's a lot of different ways. Yeah. You can, you can really, you can, you can figure it out. I've seen people uh, start like cooking businesses who don't have a lot of money, yes. food trucks, all that sort of stuff. Sure. It's yeah. all, it's all, America was founded on basically our like, fuck you mentality. So <laughs> why don't you go back yeah, to the go founding harness fathers? It. Yeah, harness it. Get your middle finger in the air and do something that makes you happy Wave and it get a little, little money from it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely right. Hell yeah. And so, and then I wanted to add with the certification thing, I've seen people even just get like little tiny certifications without fully switching careers. So like I knew somebody once who was who had gotten their doctorate in something totally unrelated, like neuroscience. And then they got this, I want to say it was like a six-month certificate in data analysis. And hmm. then they just ended up doing data analysis and make more now than- And then they did. Huh. They freaking did. Sometimes, <laughs> that is. It's like, I worked, I got, I spent years in school for this. I got this tiny little thing yeah. and now I'm making more money. You're like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> freaking kids on YouTube playing with toys, making millions of dollars. And then here's us all that's, grinding our ass. That's, that's a lot for me to take in. Know, right? <laughs> that's a lot for me to hold on to. Uh, and we're not saying that any of this is particularly easy. It's no. just that there are options. And so if you're really burnt out to consider these options. Right. And remember, especially at work if you are the only one in charge of something you are indispensable like if you're the only one who knows how to do something if you're the only one who actually has the spreadsheet that's necessary 
it's kind of like they shoot themselves in the foot when they ask you to do three jobs. Yes. If other people aren't cross-trained, you're the only one who knows how to do all these three jobs, then you call the shots. Throw your weight around, man. You don't forget your power. power. Yes. You have the power. You have the power. You really do have the power. (laughs) Okay. So those are kind of our more... I would say antisocial tricks of the trade. And I'm starting to think that now this is going to be a three-parter instead of a two-parter. <laughs> Shit. So what we can do is kind of talk about then instead of the rest of it, we can we can talk a little bit about some of the light side strategies to prevent burnout, but we'll probably only get into a couple of them. So maybe the first one is we can just do step one of awareness building of how to take care of yourself before we blow up. So the very first thing that we would recommend if you want to do something more geared towards your own self-improvement, not external, would be creating self-awareness. And journaling can be a really important part of self-awareness. So Michaela, could you maybe give us some sample questions that somebody might want to ask themselves if they're creating a journal to learn more about their burnout. Right. Yeah. A- ask yourself, how am I doing? What are my emotions, behaviors, and thoughts today? Like just literally do a, a bit of a check-in with yourself. Like how, mm-hmm. how do I actually feel? What kind of thoughts am I having? What am I feeling in my body? Yes. Like literally just do a check-in. Yes, absolutely. You can ask yourself, what do I need right now? What do I need at this job? What would I like to change if things were going better? Yeah. What's the hardest part about this work? Yeah. Sometimes that's hard to label. It is. It is. And sometimes that's a giant list. And if that's a giant list in itself, I mean, here's your sign. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That tells you something about whether you should be there or not. Yeah. What worries me most about my work? What am I thinking about the most outside of work that is work related? How have I changed since I began this work? Again, positively maybe, but also negatively. That's That's been one of my biggest indicators oh, when I reflect too. is saying, oh shit, like I am, right now I'm acting like a totally different person than who I yeah. normally am. Yeah. Mine is always I'm a grumple up a kiss. Yes. I'm grumpy. I'm dwelling on work shit. Yeah. And I'm very cynical. Yeah. <laughs> the, cynicism, the cynicism is my main one. Yes. I, I think like normally I have a pretty good sense of humor and not much bugs me like i'm pretty sunshiny hence the name yep. sunny yeah yeah, yeah. but I, when i am burnt out i am just like a little storm cloud i cannot yeah. even yeah I, I and i will be pleased i will like lightning bolt anyone's ass yeah <laughs> yeah yeah come at me <laughs> yeah yeah and so if you notice that about yourself it's like okay we're just building this self-awareness you might be burnt right. out what do you need to do about this so then you can ask Am I experiencing any signs of vicarious trauma or burnout? And what am I doing and what have I done to address my vicarious trauma and burnout? What what am I specifically focusing on right now? Because sometimes you just didn't even know it was happening really. Right. And you need to come up with a like a written game plan. Definitely. Yeah. Is is there another question is, is there anything about my work experience or other stressful events in my life that I have not told anyone? Is there that unspeakable thing that I feel like I have to keep to myself? Yes. I mean, that can be a huge indicator. Uh, so many people hold so much in. And guys, that's not, the, that's not the way. It is not the way. It's not the way. And then finally, we have here, how would I find the balance between caring too much and caring too little? What does that actually look like? What behaviors could I do and change? And so this is just a first step. We had our, we had our external, like, what can you do? 
Sith Lord, bad guy, antisocial. Right. Version. What can you do to fuck the system that's fucking yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you don't want to do that, which is fine, then the next level, or you know, I do. Within, I combine these. Yeah, I was gonna say, do them at the same time. Yeah, I act both antisocial towards the system and also and do then, these journaling. Yeah, and then prompts. take care of yourself a little. Yeah, right. It's, it's a fun flip flop. You're like, oh, I love you, self. You are so good. You are so special. And then you're like, come at me. I wish you would. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody right, else. right. It's a weird flip, but it's uh, useful for preventing burnout or at least managing it once it's already here. Right, right. So based on that, what are we going to do this week for outside of session practice? Next week, we'll have a part three, I suppose. I, again, I'm kind of I'm limited. So I took some time off. So that's great. Yeah, I think for me, it, it kind of goes back to different right now self-care type stuff. So I think I want to do better with gratitude. Oh, nice. And maybe make a real effort in identifying. You mean it probably isn't going to be things necessarily with work, but maybe even with work. Um, but try to identify like three things a day that I'm actually grateful for, you know, yeah, I like in, that. in any realm. Yeah, that could really help with the burnout stuff. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. I think for me, I am in a <laughs> situation where I'm seeing the uh, – Oh, God, what do they call that when something's dying? It's like final breaths. <laughs> like I'm seeing the, the, the death rattle. The death rattle. <laughs> the death rattle. Like I I think I might be I, I can do something for so long and I like don't acknowledge the death rattle of it like while it's happening. So I think I'm in the final stages of what may be one work journey. And uh, I have the option to return to that work journey or leave it behind for dead. And I think I need to really work on some acceptance about letting things go. (laughs) Because I, boy, do I not like to give up on stuff. So I'm just going to kind of like try to wrap my head around like, what if I didn't have as much money? What if I kind of stepped out on a limb? What if I kind of took a risk? What would that be like? And just try take the risk. Yeah. (laughs) Try to do more acceptance and just understand that well, it's not permanent. I can always come back. You know? Right. Again, I mean, I did that that one time and uh, I had definitely had some people who were like, you be crazy because it wasn't just me that like <laughs> up and bailed. My husband did it the exact same time. So we were both unemployed and yeah. just living off what we had because we we got both just to such a level <laughs> where we're like, we can't do this. Yes. We're like, we can't do this. Fuck. Yeah. And normally I'm such a strategic person. That would not be my route. But no. It, yeah. Not for you. No. no. Yeah. No, but it was necessary. Yeah. So, well, hey, if you can do it. Take the risk. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't regret it, it seems. No. Not it, at no. all. Yeah. Hmm, that's, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, that's good to know. I that's... mean, I still kind of fell into it. Not, a, you know, but it worked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We just got to make we sure survived. I fall into something better. Right. Afterwards, I guess. And I guess technically I did. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Here you go. You just you just like the layers up. of hell. It was like next layer up. <laughs> Dante's Inferno. <laughs> oh my God, that's the social work journey right there, isn't it? Oh my it? God, it's it really like is. Sometimes. Crawling your way out of the belly of the beast. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yes, tits. so that's going to be my homework this week. I do also have a joke for you today. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> I'm laughing about it in advance because I just re-remembered it. <laughs> ah, a friend of mine told me about this documentary. No. On- is this the one you had? I had and I thought it was hilarious but you tell it that's, that's uh, 
damn it. Okay. Uh, well, it's, it, you guys only get you guys, one this week. You're going to get one joke, but yeah. it's a, it's beautiful. Yeah, because we thought it was great. Okay? Yeah, we both <laughs> obviously latched onto it when we found it. Okay. You go. So a friend of mine told me about this documentary on burnout in the pagan community. It's called the Bleh Witch Project. Bleh. <laughs> 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 okay, so that is it for you guys today. That's all you get. That's enjoy, it. enjoy your little nugget and... <laughs> Taste it, savor it. We'll have more jokes for you next week. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. And yeah, we'll we really part- appreciate you guys. Yeah, we do. We are really great. That's with our main gratitude right there. Yeah, honestly. Is your little ear portal. So thank you. Yes. Thank <laughs> you for being listeners. Yes. And we will see you next week. Part okay, three. Bye. bye.